This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss of Rotowire, and I'm joined by Yahoo Sports' Dalton Del Don. And Dalton, there were two main events that happened between the last time we had this podcast and now. One of them was you and I facing off in the $10,000 Stopa Law Firm League. And why don't you tell the audience what happened? Unfortunately, I lost due to some terrible injustice in the world. I was loaded with Bucks, Safarian Jenkins, Jameis Winston, Doug Martin. They all decided to play terribly. Martin gets 11 carries. Um, and this also resulted in, you know, Brandon Cooks, whom I also own, not having to, to get as many targets as a, in a would-be shootout. Uh, I have TJ Yeldon go down in the middle of what would have been a big game. And not only does that, that hurt me on it, in itself, but it leads to a Blake Bortles one-yard <laughs> touchdown run that you have against me. Um, I have Jeremy Hill and Marvin Jones and Andy Dalton leaves that game early, which totally would have changed things. So, you know... I didn't have the greatest uh, team this year, but I was projected to score, you know, right there with you. And ultimately, it wasn't even all that close to Andre Hopkins at his worst game of the season. It was just, I was enraged all Sunday. Let me tell you, it was, it was bad. I, it was the first, first time this year the, the remote went flying across the room, and uh, it was warranted. Yeah, and no, I hear you. But it, it's so weird because I had Calvin Johnson and Des Bryant going and Devonta Freeman, and they combined for like seven or eight points, the three of them. I mean, it's crazy. Those guys were ho- – I mean, they did nothing. And actually, at one point, I was up 20, and we were in the late games. You had two players. You had the Denver D and McManus. I had Eddie Lacy and Des Bryant. And they kept pulling Lacy anywhere near the goal line and doing stupid – And I had Hopkins later that night, too. Let's not forget. And you had Hopkins going, right? So I had a 20-point lead. You had Hopkins, right? So that was kind of like a wash. You know, I mean, it wasn't, but it could have right, been, right, right? right? Or you could have gotten more than that from him. It's half-point PPR, though. It's not full PPR. Um, and then we each had two players going, so it was pretty close. And McManus gets four field goals in the first half. And I'm, I'm like, tearing my hair out. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Just score a touchdown. Like, what is wrong with you people? And Lacey, every time they get the ball at one yard, like Mike McCarthy is like the dumbest dude. He took over the play calling, and they were acting like it was such a success because they were beating the worst Dallas team, one of the worst teams in the NFL, who's also stupid. And so they, were, they kept taking Lacey out, even though Lacey was running really well. And Dez was doing nothing. So if Lacey doesn't get a touchdown, which he gets at the very last drive, and Dez does what he does, you know, also Denver was pitching a shutout at the half. You had the Denver D. 
So I was like, this is ugly because if Denver scores a touchdown in the third quarter, it's going to be, they're going to pin their ears back. So I was not comfortable at all. Uh, but then <laughs> McManus scored zero in the second half. Denver gave up some points. They only got like one sack. They got like one point, their defense in the second half. And of course, the Lacey went off. And then, you know, by the time Hopkins would have needed like 40 points more, maybe by the time he got in the game and he didn't do much, but it wasn't obvious to me that I was going to win until basically until the fourth quarter of those uh, late games. No, it's funny because I had totally written it off, you know, entering those later games because obviously the percentage-wise I looked really low. But after that first half, it did just enough to bring me back in, give me some hope, which is just cruel. And I'll take it a step further. I made a terrible trade about a month ago. I offered it to Pianowski, and he accepted it within, like, five seconds. I got an email back, and that's always a little worrisome when someone (laughs) doesn't even take them longer than – in the click of a button, and I gave up Jeremy Lankford, whom I, you know, I didn't think he'd have long-lasting, um, but man, I almost didn't make the playoffs just because of the different players I had in my lineup versus versus his points, and it came down to overall points for me. Um, but long story short, the, the guys I got in return were McManus and Denver D. So if they had come correct there, like in this final game, I mean, they had allowed minus 12, 12 yards at half. I know. That's what I mean. It was, it was, he could have, McManus could have had eight field goals in that game. They could have won 24 to nothing. I mean, it looked like that's where it was headed. I mean, at least six field goals. And he, he missed four. one, too. He missed one. Well, that was the other thing. So I'm rooting against him. And at one point in the second half, before Lacey really sealed it for me, um, you know, the, the Raiders score a touchdown to go up three. And if they kick an extra point, they're up four. And McManus is done, okay, because there's no more field goals with eight minutes left up four. But they, for you know, their guy was hurt. Their long snapper was hurt. So they go for two, up three, which makes no sense, fail. And now it's a three-point game. And not only is McManus in a position now to tie it, but also winning in overtime, right? Whereas in a four-point game, there's no tying field goal and there's no overtime. So it was terrible. And then every time I was like, oh, no, you know, I can't believe they did that. Then he gets in field goal range, misses a 49-yarder. So I'm like, okay, I got a reprieve. Then the Raiders drive down. They get in field goal range. I'm like, sweet, six points. And then, you know, McManus is out. He's not going to be used anymore. And there's like a bad snap, and Janikowski misses it. So now it's still three. And then they get them the fourth and five. I'm like, sweet, let's get it. Then Osweiler scrambles, throws a perfect pass to Vernon Davis, but he drops it. So yeah, Vernon now- Davis still screwing me even since leaving San Francisco. <laughs> he drops it. So then the Raiders get the ball back. They get in the field goal range to get McManus out of the game again. And they're in field goal range, but then Amari Cooper has a 10-yard penalty. So they got a punt. So Denver gets the ball back again. There's still a chance for them to tie and win it. But by that point, you know, Lacey started going off, and I think I didn't care as much. But they still I, I can, they, go ahead. I can complain quite a bit, but I will say this. I, I agonized for a while Amari Cooper versus Jeremy Hill, and I benched Cooper. And it, I would have been just totally beside myself if that would have been the difference. You know, at, le- at, least, at least you won, you know handily and, and ultimately didn't come down anything I could have done differently with light-up decisions. It's so weird as these playoff games go on because like I, I had this Bortles-Eli agony, and I like went back and forth 500 times. They were like .5 points apart. Like I spent a lot of time considering that. And I also briefly considered benching Cam at home against the Falcons because I thought they'd roll, um, and he wouldn't do that much. And actually, that would have been right to bench Cam. Both Eli and Bortles right. had a better day. But again, it, it doesn't really matter. But, man, the playoffs in fantasy football are just – it's torture, man. It's just torture. It's torture. But let's yeah, especially about- $10,000 on the line and me having to, I don't know what's worse, losing out in the hope of that or having to deal with you being the person beating me. <laughs> but now, are you the type that roots for the team that beat you? Or you want to get, you, you hope that the team that beat you um, has revenge taken on it? So in other words, you can claim, well, I, I had a good team, but I, I lost to the champion. 
Or would you rather, no, if that dude beats me, I want someone else to beat them. Yeah, normally I root for the team that beats me, but in this case, I'll make an exception and 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 You're hope. Rooting for Funston can, this week. If anyone but but yourself. Why don't you but, handicap it? Who's going to win this week, me or Funston? Come on, you think I've looked at your matchups? I'm still in some other leagues. I'm still in some other leagues. You come don't on. care. I'm, you're not. You're, you're not in any other playoffs. You, you know what? I, what I hate the most, actually, even though you you kind of want your team to do well, what's frustrating would what would frustrate me more than whomever wins is if my team goes off the next two weeks right. and I would have won. You know, that's that's what really would get me fired up. God, that, I, that's happened to me so many times where I lose my first round match and I, I look at it and I'm like, my team crushed in weeks 15 and 16. You know, and, and you, but you're not there. That's why ultimately the NFFC is the fairest. Yeah, with that points, that three-week points thing is it, pretty good. I actually had a good week there. I scored 169, and it was a down week. It wasn't a big – I don't think it was a week where there were a lot of chalky guys going off. Yeah, I, you know, I was in a, a primetime league, which is a $1,500 buy-in, and I finished 14 points out. The only three teams make the playoffs, and I finished 14 points out on that one too. So it's been – it's been a very not, – not my happiest. One thing I will say, my home league, which is all my, my buddies from high school, it's the longest league I've been in and still care about it, even if it's not you know $10,000 on the line. Um, I was up eight points and done after the morning games and was facing Dan Bailey and uh, Alfred Blue. And, and the, the Yahoo percentage gave me like 6% or something. Right. Those dudes combined for two points. Yeah, Dan right. Bailey had two extra points, and Alfred Blue didn't see the field or didn't take a snap. You want to hear something funny? My, my buddy texted me. I don't check my phone very much, as you know. I check email. But I, like my phone, basically, I don't have a landline, so I use my cell phone as like a landline. And what that means is I put it somewhere in the house. I go in the office, and if it rings, it's in the house. You know, it's like having a landline that you don't answer. Um, and so, obviously, I don't really text that much. I mean, I'll text if I'm out, but I'm never out because I work from home. So my buddy, I guess Sunday morning, like half an hour before uh, the games, texted me, uh, Isaiah Crowell or Alfred Blue. And I didn't get the text, right? So I saw the text in the afternoon and I said, oh, Crowell, <laughs> right? As a joke, obviously. Right. Went, like that seemed like an actually a tough decision, but like the, the result was could not be more disparate. You had the worst back who barely didn't even play. And then the other one who was the number one back this week, right? And little did he know he was choosing between that. Um, and I, he hasn't texted me back in two days. So I'm assuming he used Blue because I'm pretty sure he would have texted me back if he used Crowell. Yeah, I didn't like either starts, but I got to say, Crowell was off my radar. Like he he hadn't done oh, no, anything. I didn't. I had 100 DFS lineups. I didn't use him in any one of them. Right, right. But anyway, so that's the bad news for you. Good news for me. But the good news, and this is another thing that was going on, is D'Angelo Williams, who Jonah Carey traded for, which is just ridiculous. We got to get into this. Oh, hold on, hold on. We'll get to that just re- real quick. I want to talk the the night before my Warriors lose their first game, and when you're 24 and 0. It was like it was like a, a you know a playoff game. Like right. all of us were, I was, and it happened to be at a, you know in a place with a lot of people because we also got the UFC fights. More on that in a second. So that was a devastating loss for the Warriors because you know I mean it's one it's cool it's cool to win titles and all, but I guarantee you this Warriors team has been like the lead on PTI more than when my San Francisco Giants won three titles in five five games. You know it's it's been more on the the sports scene. And, and seemingly more important than them actually winning a title. And I actually kind of thought that that was, that was cool. Of course, the ultimate goal is to win the title and all that. But, but everyone, you know, there's always a winner every year. Right. There's never a team that, that does, you know, is going to win 73 games. What's the most memorable NFL team of the past 15 years? Well, for you, the two Giants teams. Yeah, but, but obviously been- yeah, you're saying the Bears. Chicago Bears were, you know, they're 15-1, and one, won the Super Bowl. That was one of the greatest teams of all time, right? No, I was going to say the most memorable team for me is by far that Patriots team that went 18 Oh, well, but they lost, but, though. That's the thing. Well, I'm saying that, that this how good they were and what they did in the regular season. I couldn't tell you who won the Super Bowl in 2007 or whatever, you know? 
I could tell you, but the, but the the thing is, it was the Giants. But uh, okay. <laughs> it but, probably was that that, that no, I could tell you any year who won the Super Bowl, pretty much. But but the thing That's is, I could also name every country in the world. By the way, I, I've been doing these like sporkle quizzes, and I just got hooked on them, and I can, now I can name every single country in the world. There's 197 That's- of them. That's pretty impressive. It's just crazy. Like, Oceania has 14 countries that you've like, never heard of. Um, you don't know what the Federated States of Micronesia are, do you? No, I don't. The I Solomon Islands, the Marshall Islands? Can't say that I do. No, you don't. But anyway, um, yeah, no, I, I agree. And, I mean, look, here's the, here's the thing is that the NFL and baseball and basketball, whatever, it's settled by this tournament that they do, right? And we all agree that that's who wins the title, who wins that tournament, Right. But that doesn't mean that we all agree that that was the best team. We just agree that that team is the champion because they won the tournament, right? Correct. There's nothing like that. I mean, it's cool when your team wins the tournament because they are the champion. But, you know, when you look at advanced stats or you just know as a fan, like, yeah, you know, Scott Norwood missed that field goal. Like, they won the tournament, but if he hits the field goal, then the Bills won the tournament. It's not really like you. There's nothing that remarkable about, you know, the way, you know, or the Patriots Seahawks last year. Like, if they hand it to Marshawn Lynch, the Seahawks win the tournament. If they try that pass and it gets broken up incomplete, the Seahawks win the tournament probably. But, nope, the Patriots won it. But going undefeated or, you know, setting the all-time record for something, and that's why I said the Chicago Bears, nobody questioned. It wasn't just that they won the tournament. It was like they destroyed everything in their path, right? It's not just they won, okay, conventionally, we this is what decides it. It's... This is the greatest team this year by far, and it's one of the greatest teams of all time. That's what you're looking for, right? You're not just looking for winning a title. As great as that is, in some ways, you want to do a historic, you yeah, have an and, historic achievement. And especially since people were questioning last year's title because they admittedly did get lucky in whom they had to face throughout the, the playoffs, including the, the finals without Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. But So, you know, they were just coming off a double overtime win in Boston the night before, trying to become the first team ever to go 7-0 and in a seven-game road trip. So, anyway, I was really into that and very frustrated with that loss. Then there's a bit, I know you don't follow UFC much, but just briefly, I bet on the co-main event, Chris Weidman. He was favored, and he, he got dominated for four rounds and lost. Then I bet on Jose Aldo in about basically an even uh, odds. And dude gets knocked out in 13 seconds, literally the quickest uh, knockout in, in, in championship fight history, quicker than Ronda Rousey by a second. So, so I was on a, you know, lost both my bets I made there, the Warriors, and then having to sit through you beating me in the Stopa Law Firm. It's been a, you know, a rough, rough go for me. Wow, that's, that's bad. You really don't know anything about NBA, M, uh, MMA. You shouldn't be betting on it. I, why, why do you say that? Because you're obviously so wrong. You bet on a dude who got knocked out in 13 seconds. Oh, well, I mean, that was totally – I mean, no one really expected that. Um, I, I do follow MMA a decent amount. Yeah. But um, but it was a spectacular loss, let's put it that way. It was just close. They actually connected at the same exact time, but one guy's chin is apparently a little bit weaker than the other, and he just – he was he was done. But but let's move on to League of Leagues talk. Okay, so okay, so we got that, right? So that that's all the bad stuff that happened, and, I, and I'm sorry for you. I had a great – I had a great weekend. Uh, but early in the weekend, I was upset because, A, you know, our match was close. My guys were – Calvin did nothing. I wasn't having a good day either. And Jonah Carey, who traded for D'Angelo Williams, for Gene Segura. Still, I mean, that's just gross. And, it's, and we'll talk about why it's especially gross in a second. But he plays us. D'Angelo starts going off. He has two touchdowns. I see Dalton go down. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a D'Angelo game. Like, he's going to get – he could get two or three touchdowns. And then Gurley goes nuts. That was just, like, the greatest thing ever. I was like – I didn't expect much. He'd been in a slump. He was playing Detroit. He was played good run defensive late. And he just basically carried us on our back. I mean, we had with Eli going off Monday night. We crushed him. 
Well, but, you know what's funny about that, real quick, is that we were only up by like 1.2 points last night, um, and I and I briefly considered benching Eli because what if that dude throws like three picks and gets hurt or something? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but the, there's also a chance of a scoring change. I right. didn't want to mess with that, and he's been so durable in his career, so. Yeah. So, yes. So, it, so that it was good. the other thing was – I forgot to say. So, D'Angelo's going off, and then Rawls gets hurt for us. And I'm like, oh, oh I have my multiple God. shares of him. Yeah, early in the game, too, which is killer. And he would have gone – he would have had a huge game. And, and I was thinking, this is just crap. Like, he's going to win because of D'Angelo and Rawls getting hurt. But we crushed him despite Rawls getting hurt and despite him getting D'Angelo. He did not deserve to be there. He got vanquished. He got bounced. He got sent back from whence he came. He's out. He's done. But then this is where it gets – Hilarious is he emails us and says, congrats on kicking my ass. Um, by the way, are you interested in D'Angelo Williams? If you're not, I'm going to trade him to whoever's playing you this week, basically. Yeah, just to brief, uh, you know, let everyone know that it's a three-sport league. That's why trades are still allowed now for football. Right, exactly, because people are out of it. But it, I, I would probably cut it off because it's just ridiculous, the dumb trades that can happen. But, you know, since if, they're, if they're allowed, they're allowed. we gotta, we got to take it seriously. Right. So he's acting like, okay, now I'm, not only did I steal D'Angelo Williams from somebody for Gene Segura, but now he's like basically saying, if you don't give me a huge profit after renting this guy for free for two weeks and give me a, a big profit on it, and he's not going to do it for a Segura player. He, he's, he's asking for Giannis in basketball, right? He's asking for like a star, like a minor star who's got two years left to play this year and next year, who might be a superstar next year for all we know. He's asking for him. And... And, D'Angelo Williams is 33 years old and obviously, right. you know, right. is benefiting from Le'Veon Bell's injury. Right. So we kind of we kind of beat him down a little, and and you know, so so I don't know if you want to give him Joe Panic for uh, D'Angelo Williams. I probably would just to a block whoever else would get him. I don't think anyone's going to trade with him because I think the guys left are going to be too tough. They're not going to give him a sweetheart deal. It's not yeah. like that Segura crap that he got. And so I think Panic he was he's going to end up taking, even though he said he wouldn't take him straight up. Um, I think I, it's up to you. I don't know much. You know, I, you're a Giants guy, so I don't know if we should trade Panic for him. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because we lost both Rawls and even LeGarrette Blunt's out for the season. Right. So, I mean, I guess we can roll with um, with Hillman, I guess, in our flex spot. It would be very frustrating to make a trade like that and just lose this week, which would easily happen. And D'Angelo Williams doesn't have the the best matchup. Right. But um, but we would start just, him if we had him, right? I mean, that, we would... Oh, I'll, definitely. No, I'm kind of – if he will do just for Panic, I know he wanted Jake McGee as well. No uh, way. I was, no way, McGee. McGee's going to close, man. I mean, he, there's a good chance that he closes. There's rumors of him possibly getting traded, and we are pretty loaded in that area. But we, with our strategy, we have to. I'm be just not going to do that. I'm not going. Out of principle, he can have a pro, It's a profit for him to get panic for Segura and a free and a rental for two weeks. So panic, you know, wasn't this great prospect. He was taken late in the first round, though. And but that that park really suppresses his power, and, and the counting stats or even stealing isn't going to be great. But Dude had like a 378 on base percentage yeah. last year, and this is an on base percentage league. So, I mean, that's like a middle infielder hitting 335 or something. So, that really is valuable. But and and still. and he hit eight home runs at 400 at bats. That's a 12 home run pace at 24 at age 25. Maybe he hits 15 home runs. You know, maybe he goes 15, 60, 70. You know, and gets on base at a 365, 370 clip. That's pretty valuable. We should also say just uh, yesterday we gave up Jason Hayward in pieces for Lamar Miller and uh, the Pats D, which I suggested just because of this matchup this week, you know, 14-point right, right. favorites at home. And Lamar Miller, it's very – I was waiting for, like, an injury to get uh, to come out today because you realize he only had, like, one touch in the second half. But I think that was just Miami being stupid, and the guy looks so really good. Stupid. And, and you have to love his matchups both this week and next. And unlike D'Angelo Williams, you know, this is a 24-year-old who could be – 
very valuable for us next year as well. But I mean, we paid the freight. I mean, Jason that, Hayward. That's what the trade should be, right? I mean, Jack Kogod, or however you say his name. Yes, Kogod. That guy made us pay, and I we I tried to squeeze more of it. He wouldn't do it. Tried to get him to throw us back, you know, Daniel Norris or some prospect rather than that was like a perfect back and forth. Right. And then finally he was like, no, this is the most I'll do. And I was like, fine, it's fair. I wanted to win the trade. He wanted to win the trade. We ended up both winning the trade, right? Or neither of us winning the trade, but that's what a fair trade looks like. And that's how it goes. Right. But Jonah got D'Angelo Williams on a totally ridiculous trade. And, you know, and so, you know, I don't want to gift him anything. If he'll take panic, which is a valuable player, I mean, not a super valuable player, I'll do it, you know, but I'm I would gonna... definitely do it. No, we're right here. We're two games away from winning the football. I mean, and we have a really good basketball team. I mean, let's go for it now. Now he may not do it, but what I'm going to do is I'll say, okay, Dalton signed off on it, but that's it. You know, it's panic or we're not going to make a panic trade. We'll make a panic trade is what I'm saying. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Okay, right. So if he wants it, if those other trades that I don't really think are on the table that he's acting like are on the table, don't pan out, then he's got something he can do to dump uh, Williams off. Now, can we pick up players this week? Is that still on the table? Is that still in play? I, I believe so, which is actually a crazy waiver wire week for week 15. Right. Bernard Robinson, you know, obviously uh, Bryce Brown, all those guys. So we'll get one of those guys. That's the other thing. Why I think, well, you know, obviously post waiver wire, there'll be a different environment. But if somebody gets Robinson and somebody gets uh, Brown, right, and then other, someone else has two running backs, I, I don't really think that the demand for Williams is going to be that high, especially facing the Broncos. I just don't think he's going to get that much. Yeah. I wish we had some fab left, but that's long, long gone. But um, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, maybe nobody does though. You know, I'm not sure who does. So like in the Stopa league, I've got, I put in for like 10 guys and like, right. we'll see, I don't know who has fab. Right. I know obviously the rest of the league should probably not care about players like that. I mean, especially, you know, that don't have necessarily a future, but you know what? It is pretty insane how fantasy football is. I mean, Bryce Brown was on the street a week ago and now, I mean, I'll probably rank him as a top 10 ish back. Same with Denard Robinson this week. I think both are borderline top 10 fantasy options. Well, running back is so, you know, it doesn't matter if you're on the street, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not like a quarterback off the street. Although Josh McCown was like teaching school when, when the bears plucked him out and he, he went crazy yeah, well, too. Tim Hightower didn't have a carry since 2011 and he had 28 this yeah. week. No, it's, it's football's pretty basic. All right, so let's get to these games. Um, it's a crazy week. It was a good one. Congratulations, for me. by the way. Congratulations. Thank you. And I, I, you know, knock on wood. I feel good about my team. My team is really good. It just, I just need Calvin and Dez to wake up. But it, you know, my team potentially is very good. Yo, you know, we have Calvin in League of Leagues and your Stopa team, and he faces the Saints on Monday night. No I night. know this would be just a payoff when he gets three touchdowns and goes for 150 yards. That should be sick. Um, all right, I try in DFS. I try not to use the guys that I'm really counting on because it's just too, it's like too much. I like try to hedge a little bit more. Definitely, I do too. All right, so let's go over these games. All right, I haven't even looked at these, but I'm looking <laughs> at them now. So that's how it's I went going. 11 and five last week. I say that because I've had the worst year of my career. I went 10 and six. So nice. I mean, nice. I've, I'm just a little bit worse than you, and I, this week was no different. Nice. How do we do in the uh, in the uh, Hilton? Four and one. We lost Thursday night and then went four and zero. Oh. That's nice. All right. Let's just yep. finish out. 15-0 and 0, rest of the way. Let's do it. We still won't get any money, I don't think, for 15-0. <laughs> but I'll be 19-1 and 1 to finish. We might. All right. So let's do this. So it's Tampa. Looks like it's plus um, one and a half at St. Louis on a Thursday night game. This is interesting. We faced Jake Seeley in League of Leagues, and he has um... – uh, oh, no, I, no, I'm sorry. He has the high towers in a different, uh, different... Oh, no, sorry. He has Doug Martin and we have Gurley. That's what I was saying. So, actually, will be something to, to pay attention for in this 
otherwise meaningless game. Um, I don't really want to back such a terrible quarterback situation, but it's less than three, a team that plays pretty good defense, typically at home, short week. So uh, I'm leaning toward the Rams. Yeah, Robert Quinn out for the year, TJ McDonald out for the year. Didn't seem to hurt them last week. Screw this Bucks team. I'm over. That, I'm still. I know, pinned. but I almost think it's a buy low. But on the road, they're they're not going anywhere. These Bucks suck. But they they have a better quarterback. I don't know which way it'll go. And Tampa's run D is good. That's the thing. Their run D is actually very good. I'd probably take Tampa, but I'm I'm not committed to it. I got to think about it. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that's not a game we're going to bet. Uh, all right. Saturday night we got the Jets laying three in Dallas. I think I know who I like here. Love the Saturday night games this time of year. Love it. Um, give me the Jets here. Uh, I blindly would have probably guessed this would have been more like four and a half to six point spread. They're just, I mean, they're 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 pretty good with those two wide receivers of the offense and way Fitzpatrick's been playing. This Dallas team is terrible. I mean, with Matt Castle, it's should I be I, sitting Dez against Revis this week? Oh, I have him ranked. I don't even think in my top thirty wide receivers. So like Travis Benjamin put him in there instead of uh, in, instead of Dez. Well, I don't know about. Well, actually, he's going. He's going to the Sherman. Sherman yeah, I think I have Benjamin lower. I got to pick but, up somebody, or maybe I don't know what yeah. to do. Oh, that's ugly. All right, so I like the Jets. In this I like this the game. Jets. Kind of like them confidently. I like the Jets too. Fuck Dallas. Why? I mean, Dallas. What's their point of even existing at this point? You know, it's, they're such a stupid team. All right, um, we'll talk about the Giants and the Dolphins. How stupid they are in a bit. Uh, Bears uh, plus five and a half at Minnesota. I know who I like here. You know, the Bears are one and six at home and four and two on the road. And I still, I like, I think I'm going to like buying them low here. I don't, and I don't, you know, we've been going against Minnesota all year, so I'm going to stick with it. It's five and a half, not three. So, so give me the Bears. Yeah, I like the Bears too with this line, but I don't know if you watched that Thursday night game. Minnesota looked legit. Like they didn't, yeah, they were better than Arizona. They're, Arizona was lucky to win that game. Yeah. Bridgewater looked really good. He really looked good. And Peterson looked like he was shot out of a cannon. Arizona did a good job on him. But it may be that, you know, that effort opened up things for Bridgewater. But This is going to be a divisional game. It's 23-20 Vikings. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Cutler could have a – we'll see. Cutler could go off or he could get crushed. Uh, and, and Minnesota had all his injuries to their defense last week. Man, what a weird game. But, I, yeah, I, I, I'm going to take Chicago. All right. Uh, Atlanta plus three at Jacksonville. So funny, Atlanta – what a joke that team is! Getting eight and a half only in Carolina last week, and we said that. Oh, it was seven and a half on yeah at the the super contest. We both said that this is just such a bizarre line, and normally we're not even on Carolina, and that and it proved to be emphatically right. I mean, it's like what what are the odds makers saying? So I, I tweeted that out, and this guy Rob um, Pizziol, I don't know if that's his real name, but his his Twitter handle is Rob Pizza. Uh, he's like a, you know, he bets a lot. I don't know exactly what he, I think he used to work for the score or something, but he's like a smart dude. He knows a lot of the, you know, he follows a lot of the numbers. And I was like, why, for what, how is it possible that, that Atlanta's only seven and a half, eight and a half point underdogs in Carolina should be 13. He said yards per play. Atlanta's yards per play is good. That's an important number for the books. So they just keep sticking with them. And it's just a mistake. It's just wrong. Like, even if that number is usually reliable, it just, this is a case where it's wrong and you, it's one of the reasons why, you know, just doing things mechanically by an algorithm is just, it's great. It may work most of the time, but there's just sometimes it's just going to be missing reality. And I'm going to lay the wood again. I don't care. I, Atlanta's got to prove that they're even equal to Jacksonville on a neutral field. I'm taking Jacksonville. I mean, I agree with yards per play, but Matt Ryan hasn't even gotten 7.5 YPA since November 1st. 
I mean, that's in, in six games ago. I'm not 7.5 with Julio Jones. I do. I am going to have a lot of Julio, though. This could be a shootout. I, I actually, I like the, uh, I, I like, I like raw. I know that Atlanta covers the outside receivers pretty well, but I like um, Denard Robinson a lot, and I like Julio a lot. Like, yeah. Like, I, I think this is when I'm going to pay up for Julio. Like, I, I, I've been avoiding him. And if he can't do it against Jacksonville, I mean, yeah, it's, we got him in League of Leagues. We really could use him, too, because, you know, he's, this game is sandwiched in between the two Josh Norman ones. Um, it's so Matt, crazy that we got Julio and Calvin in the greatest matchups they'll ever have all year. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll see. Four fumbles last three games for Matt Ryan as well to go along with a bunch of picks. He's just been playing terribly. I do not like giving three points to Jacksonville, but but the offense looks pretty good. What They scored 42 points in the second half last week, so... I'm actually going to take Jacksonville and continue to fade Atlanta, although it's probably time to buy it's them low. It's probably time to buy, but they're not priced that low. Exactly. Exactly. Atlanta right. is playing like the worst team in the league or one of the worst, and Jacksonville's playing like the 10th worst or 12th worst team in the league. And so this line should be four and a half or five. Yep. You know, and it's just three. And it's just, you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the yards per play thing will regress and whatever, but I don't care. I'm not going to do it. They yep, got to do it first before I can take them seriously again. I totally agree. Okay. And the books are so wedded to this yards for play nonsense. Okay. Houston, Indianapolis, I don't see a line here. Do we have well, wait, Hold on real quick. We've talked about that. Do you take the overall season sample or do you rank higher what has happened recently in the NFL season? And I think both you and I tend to give bigger weight on what's happened in the last five games versus just, you know, kind of blindly saying, let's take the overall sample. Well, here, okay, so here's an interesting thing is that Massey Peabody, I think, weighs the recent games more heavily than the distant games, but it counts everything. Yeah, I think it, they weigh them differently. And you think that would be the ideal way to do it. They figured out whatever's the most predictive generally. But no matter what, whatever's most predictive generally is not necessarily most predictive in a specific instance because generally it's just on average. It doesn't mean that this team that is gelling all of a sudden after it's got a new offensive coordinator or it's fallen apart for some reason because, you know, for some reason like Atlanta that we can't put our finger on, it, you know, when, when there are drastic changes happening with the team in terms of their performance, it may not be the average team. And, I, I, you know, this is a little unrelated, but Joe Sheehan writes a great newsletter. I really recommend people to read it. But he was talking about the Royals, and he was saying, like, look, you know, everyone's talking about their contact, but, you know, their contact – gave them like two runs over the course of the season. Their, their high contact rate, like if you did some calculation of how, much, how many extra runs they scored over the course of the season, it was like two runs. So what's the big deal? But what I was thinking is high contact matters a lot more in the playoffs where, you know, where the pitchers are really good, where you're facing the Mets staff. When you're facing pitchers with more strikeouts and fewer walks. That's right. Then the contact really matters more. And just getting in play and, and, you know, letting, and not letting these guys blow you away. And so – you know, what's true generally that contact isn't that important may be very important in a very specific, under specific conditions. And I think that this is the dilemma. Any sort of algorithm is just going to try to be right most of the time, as much as it can be, as, much, as predictive as it can be usually. And you know what? If you could get 55% against the spread, good enough, right? You don't have to be right more than that. You can just keep printing money at 55%, beat the VIG, and win. That's fine. But if you're looking at any particular game, that doesn't mean that you necessarily want to go with the algorithm or the yards per play. You, you sometimes want to say, yeah, I know what this is saying, but in this specific instance, it's wrong. And Atlanta has been the best example of that. Yeah, if you're in the bottom of the ninth inning of a World Series, you'd way rather a Placido Polanco up, you know, down a run with a runner at third, two outs, 
than Adam Dunn in his prime, these these big three uh, true outcome guys. I mean, it's not even a question. Right. I mean, right, especially if it was like there was a runner on second, like, you know, a base hit ties right. it or something. I mean, obviously with nobody on base, you could argue if he just gets lucky. But that dude's definitely striking out against some elite closer who does, he's untouchable, right? Right. You know, and he's not walking either. You know, that's part of his his value throughout the regular season is taking a lot of walks. But these guys that put the ball in play, um, I mean, obviously, you know, Adam Dunn probably just feasts on a lot of bad pitchers. You know, that's probably what it ultimately happens. That's happened. what I'm saying. And so, right, and regular, and you look at the total runs created by someone like that in the regular season, it looks like, wow, this guy's awesome. But, you know, maybe a lot of his damage is done against scrubs, right? And then when you get to the postseason, they're less valuable. Now, I'm not positive of that. But it just seems likely that guys who are going to walk him a lot are guys who walk people. You wrote a baseball prospectus column a long time ago, a case for contact, right? Yeah, I wrote that in 2006. But I still haven't done the study because I don't, you know, I don't have access to that data. But um, I don't know how to do it, you know, get all the data and sort it properly. But anyway, I still believe that. I think the Royals were legit. Like, I think that was not – I think they are built for the playoffs. And that's not an accident that they did that well two years in a row. All right. Um, let's this Indy Houston game is not even on the board because they don't know if Luck is playing, if Hasselbeck's playing, they don't know if Hoyer's playing, or is Hoyer definitely not playing? He's definitely not playing. It looks like it could be Chuck Whitehurst versus TJ Yates <laughs> for the division on the line. Yeah, is Jacksonville out of it or are they still in it? No, I don't think they're out of it. What's Jacksonville's well, record? I don't think they they they, bet they can't be far enough out because <laughs> right. another two, I guess one team has to win in Houston and Indianapolis this weekend. That that that's that's not ideal for Jacksonville, but. Yeah, what a what a joke of a division. I mean, Jacksonville will be way more exciting in the playoffs than either of these teams. I mean, I guess if luck comes back, it'll be something. But man, what a terrible! I mean, what terrible teams? Yeah, I have no clue what. Well, I mean, I guess it just I would call this game a pick'em, basically. I, I get. So, yeah, I actually, yeah, at Indy, yeah, I, I think I think it's a pick'em at Indy because I think Houston's D is better. Yeah. So, but JJ Watt's got a broken hand. I mean, NFL is like so ridiculous. Like Andy Dalton's out. Watch like Cam Newton and Carson Palmer and Tom Brady get hurt next week. And then nobody's going to know what's going on. I'm trying to pull up the standings on Yahoo. It's just taking forever. Um, oh, here we go. So Jacksonville is, yeah, they're only a game out. Yeah. No, that, that, and they just beat Indy. Them. So they, uh, they're in it still. I, yeah, so that's kind of crazy. So, yeah, we'll call it a pick em, and I'll probably take Houston here. But there's some chance luck plays, although Chuck Pagano is such a lying sack of shit that there's really nothing you can go by you know, coming from them. Yeah. I don't know the reports. I, I saw today that he's questionable for the rest of the season and they want him to be a hundred percent. And that, that lacerated kidneys pretty, pretty severe. So I, I think Hasselbeck does suit up again though. Hasselbeck versus Yates is what I think. Yeah. All right. All right. That's going to be, uh, so if that's the case, well, we can't, well, I'll, I'll have to make up a line tomorrow for them. We'll just skip this. Obviously we're not going to use it. No. Um, all right. We got Casey laying seven and a half at Baltimore and it looks like Shab might be back, right? Uh, I believe he might be. That's still unclear. I think I think he's leaning that way, which I don't know what to, what do you make of that as a good thing or a bad. It's thing. It's definitely a good thing. I mean, Clawson. Yeah, Clawson is just there. Clawson's just there in case the Seahawks show up. I hear you, but when you factor in the pick six, it makes it a, a, a little bit of a debate, at least. Right, they're minus seven and a half, but it's really minus one and a half. Right, right. Starting starting uh, with the pick six. I mean, I think the right play is Baltimore. I mean, Casey's D has been great, but Baltimore will oblige them with the slugfest. Um, and I think KC will be content to win this game, you know, 13 to 13 to nine. 
Yeah, I mean the Chiefs have won seven games in a row. Like who's gonna who's gonna bet against you know for the Ravens? But it's more than seven on the road. The Baltimore actually defends the run okay. Yeah, they're uh, good against the run, and and they're tough, man. They don't you know Seattle killed them because it's Seattle. It's just, that was not a fair fight, but you know Baltimore. They're not like a they're not a soft team. I think they'll show up. I think they'll lose, but I, I don't think it'll be. Their yeah. secondary is very shaky downfield, and this yeah. is the best team ever to face them because even though I've been hyping my guy Alex Smith, uh, you know they still don't really attack downfield. So I'm with you. I think the, the right the right the right call here is Baltimore. Yeah, I mean I'm not going to watch this. I'm not going to enjoy it. But uh, yeah, I mean Casey, if they get a defensive touchdown, this thing will get ugly quick. But I'll take I'll take Baltimore. Um, Buffalo minus one at Washington. I'm so pissed that Washington won that game against Chicago. Robbie Gold sucks. I don't know what happened to him. He used to be good. He just blew that field goal. But now they what get... happened to him? I don't know. He got old. I guess. So, I mean, but there's like 44, you know, out of Vinatieri still good. Um, all right. So Buffalo's laying one at Washington. Um, I think I know who I like here. I don't feel overly strongly about this game, but, you know, quietly, the, you know, the last five games, Kirk Cousins, YPA, guess what it is? Over five game sample. I'll say it's 7.9. 9.3. Jeez. What? That yeah. was the Saints game that he had? I believe, but we're, t- um, we're talking five games. I don't know, just cut I the mean, Saints game out, though, and get it down back down to size. Yeah, at home this season, 12 touchdowns. Well, you, know, you know who's the YPA uh, rescuer is because uh, the Redskins, had, they tied for like the highest YPA last year, too, is Deshaun Jackson. Right. Whenever that guy plays, he's going to get like a 50-yard touchdown, and that really helps your YPA. It also really helps your football team. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good thing to get a 50-yard touchdown, but he's yeah, not. It's a good thing. Yeah, I don't know. I, I Washington has been good at home, although they lost to Dallas a couple weeks ago. The The Chicago game was 50-50. Buffalo just barely lost to Philly. Yeah, this spread is right, basically. I mean, is anyone really well, going to feel strongly it's kinda, about it's this? It's kind of Washington's the value, I think, because you know, they're basically equal, these teams. It's not like Buffalo's way better. I just kind of have a Buffalo by-low feeling after the loss to Philly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take Washington in this game. You are. Yeah, I think Washington's probably the value. I'm not wedded to Buffalo. I've just got a little feeling because it seems weird. It should be like plus three, you know, or maybe plus two. But yeah. not that minus one and plus two means anything anyway. Right. I, I think they're pushing you to Washington, though. No, you could be, and they're coming off, you know, a big uh, – well, not a big win, but a, a win in Plus Chicago. Washington's, Washington's not winning that division. There's just no way. I'm sorry. It's just not happening. It's the Giants or the Eagles. It's probably the Giants. It's stu- they're so stupid, but I think they're going to win the division. Um, all right, so Tennessee plus 14 at New England. Gronk's back. I don't know if Edelman will be, but it might not matter. I think I'm, I think I'm laying the wood here, dude. I, New England is the one team, the double-digit favorite, I don't really like to mess with. Like, normally, just take the dog. But with New England, they, take, they don't take their foot off the gas. Like, they're going to keep scoring touchdowns if they're up. They could be up 20 to 7 in the first quarter, or I mean, in the third quarter, and they're going to keep throwing. Whereas most teams up twenty to seven, run it and whatever, and the other team ends up, you know, losing twenty to ten. Yeah, you know, uh, normally when I lay this amount of points, though, I like facing a total doormat of a quarterback, which Mariota isn't. So I could see a backdoor cover. Although I hope I'm wrong because we just traded for New England D, and I hope they put up a huge performance. The defense is is really good. It's good. And it really is. Um, corners are good. Those corner, both corners are good. That's the thing about them now. You know, in hindsight, I was really upset with myself for not talking you more into not just for us to use in Super Contest, but just giving you a hard time on, on the podcast about backing the Patriots last week and primetime coming off back-to-back losses. I took them last week. 
Oh, on the podcast, you were telling me you're leaning Houston. I know. Last second. I, you're right. I was 50-50 on that, but I took the Pats. I ended up taking the Pats. I mean, that was just no contest from the beginning. It's like, like you had to feel so bad if you if you put money on Houston, which a lot of people do on the primetime games. But then again, New England's a public team. I'm sure everyone bet on them. Vegas got but, crushed. I mean, Carolina rolled. New England rolled. Seattle rolled. The obvious rolled. Right. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm leaning toward taking the 14 points here, but absolutely one of my least games I'm most I mean least confident in this week. Yeah, you're gonna take the points. Yeah, I'm gonna lay them. I mean, it does make sense. New England's you know back. They rolled. Tennessee got blown up by the Jets. The sharp thing has to be to take Tennessee, right? That's what I'm hoping. But it's bullshit. I mean, New England should be a 14 point favorite at home against Tennessee in December. I mean, they should yeah. be. There's no there's no value. If it was 19 this line, then I'd say okay, there's value. No, fair enough. You could talk. I mean, there's no I, yeah. value. There's no value with Tennessee. All right, I'm taking. I could it. see. I mean, I think that's. I think it's close. Like you could talk me into it. All right, uh, Arizona plus three and a half or minus three and a half at Philly. But I don't really like this game either. Um, but uh, this, uh, we're going out of order. No big deal. But this was this was flexed. Oh, this was flexed. Right, right, right. All right, uh, skip I, it. We'll go. I know you like to be in order. You're, you're right. neurotic like that. All right. Let's go. Okay, this is a good game. Uh, Carolina minus. Why does my thing keep refreshing? Minus five. five it opened. Right. I guess open five. Carolina minus five at the Giants. I know who I like. <laughs> um, Carolina has looked great, and we actually did back them last week when I've been fading them quite frequently. But um, I'm going back to the fading well. This is a pretty big spread for a Giants team that can at times play very well. Uh, I, I forget what the stat is, but if the game ended like 90 seconds earlier, they'd be they'd have a dominant record this season. Uh, so I, I, I usually like backing them in as an underdog. Um, so you don't like the the matchup with Carolina, and I'm a little worried about that since we have Eli Manning in League of Leagues, and I actually tried to I, I picked up Brian Hoyer last week uh, yeah, as why? just a, as just an option, you know, in in Indy just in case. And now he's his brain is is rattled, and he's not going to play. So we're, we're rolling with your boy Eli, and I'm going to take the points. Yeah, the other thing that's really bad, they're kind of like Atlanta in that they have one guy, right? Yes. And Carolina has one guy who can shut you down. And I think Beckham can maybe do something against Norman. I think Beckham's just a better receiver than Julio Jones. I think he's the best receiver in the NFL. I think he's number one. He's the best. But Don't go out on a limb. (laughs) Right. It's not really a limb to say that. But, I mean, he's, you know, there's a lot of elite receivers, Antonio Brown and Julio and whatever. But I think Beckham is, is the best. And the Giants underuse him. And he could even. How sick be, was that pylon angle? Did you see that? Oh, it's crazy. I mean, he just he just makes plays every game that nobody else in the league can make. Yeah, but did you see the actual angle from the from the camera yeah. on the pylon? Yeah, it's really that was really cool. Yeah, yeah and for I mean all other angles, I thought he was going to be out of bounds, but yeah, he's really good at football. He's got some some decent hands just, on him. He's just a monster, and uh, I don't know. I would put a body on him too. By the way, on that eighty-four yard touchdown or whatever. Well, no, they just they just <laughs> fell for some. They like fell for some stupid move or they were trying to cover will tie and there was no nobody helped and that was it he was gone knock wood the fact that he hasn't even dealt with any like even a banged up hamstring is just so such a positive this year well he did no he did for like three weeks he was like yeah early but that yeah okay you're right the very beginning of season but he hasn't even been on like weeks three through five he didn't do much i mean he would have even a bigger year he's you know to me he's the number one pick he doesn't have something like four or five straight 100 yard games or something he's the number one pick like if, if i'm picking for next year he's my number one pick Oh, you will have him number one. I mean, who else is ahead of him? Gurley? Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. I, mean, I guess running, coming up. Running backs go down. Like, yeah. Yeah, I could see it. No, I absolutely could see he's it. He's the best receiver in the NFL. He's going to get a lot of volume. The passing, you know, Eli's still going to be there. He's okay. 
it's kind of a great setup with their defense being weak and they just simply can't run the ball. It's kind yeah, of like a really it's not good... as good as it should be because they try to force the run. They get three and outs. They punt. And he only Coach gets like so eight, stupid. nine targets. It should be getting like twice targets. as many. He's 15 yeah. to 20 targets a game. It's, it's just yeah. stupid. They're really, really dumb. But he's just so good he overcomes it. I'm taking the Giants. I don't, I don't like the way the setup is with him getting guarded by Norman. But I just think they'll find a way. They, they almost beat New England at home. I think the Giants just do well in games like this. So And plus Carolina... 13-0, coming off that crushing of Atlanta, you know, division rival and kind of on a high. I think this game, I, I think this is the game. If this is the only game they, they can, they're going to lose. If they, don't, if they win this, they're going undefeated. That's so crazy, too, with how they looked. And the, everyone just wrote them off. because Not everyone, but, I mean, their schedule was so easy. But they've just developed into their record as the right. season has progressed. That's right. But you see their whole offense is, like, taking posing for a photo with two minutes left on the field last game. Yeah, well, I mean, they were up 38 nothing. Like, I know. It's just still pretty funny. Not yeah. as funny as William Gay's celebration, which is by far my favorite part of, of Week I 14. See, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Oh, it, was, it lasted like six minutes. And, you, and just when you thought one was more ridiculous, he's like crawling on his knees with the, with the, coach, <laughs> the coach. It was so awesome. He figured he already got the 15-yard flag, so you can't get Ernie. So it, it, was, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, send you, I'll send you footage. It was right. great. I heard, I heard something about it. All right, so we're both taking the Giants. I think we're super, super contested. Okay, I'm down. All right, now we got Cleveland plus 14. And this is what this is how crazy this is. Cleveland's 14 and a half at Seattle, whereas Tennessee's only 14 at New England. Think about that. Like suddenly Seattle is considered super elite, even maybe better than New England at this point on a neutral field. Oh, I I think Seattle right now is the best team in in the NFC. Okay, well I could buy that, but what about uh if you add in New England? Uh, I think that'd be a pretty awesome rematch. Um yeah, no, New England probably get the slight edge, but... New England's D I, is maybe better than Seattle's D, although Seattle's D destroys the run. I mean, you just do not run on them. Uh, that won't matter as much because Cleveland, besides last week, doesn't run it very well. Uh, I think Manziel looked really good when I saw him play. I just thought he was in command. Did you watch a lot of that game? You did. It's a Niners game. You know what? To be honest, I didn't watch much at all because what my strategy is on Sundays is to watch the game mix, which has eight games on at once in those boxes on DirecTV. And this was there were eleven morning games. Great job, NFL, and two afternoon ones. So this was one of the three that was not on the game mix, and you can't choose that. So it, it takes you know my, the receivers so slow, which don't get me started. So it takes a while to switch. And I'm actually glad. At first, I was really frustrated that the Bucks Saints game was also not on that game mix. But I'm glad in hindsight that I didn't have to watch that atrocity. But but no, I'm a, I'm a big Niners fan. But in, in this lost season, I wasn't too fired up to switch it to Niners Cleveland that often. Okay, well you didn't watch, but I did, and Manziel looked good. He just looked in command. I know it was a weak defense at home, and this is a whole different game. But I'm taking Cleveland. Yeah, um, you know normally. Uh, you know, you say running back so fungible and easily replaceable. And that is true to 90th percentile or whatever. But at some point, it, it gets taken too far. And I think the loss of Thomas Rawls ultimately hurts the Seattle team long term because that, that dude's badass. He's really, really good. Um, and who knows the replacement? Bryce Brown fumbles a lot. And Dewan Harris was so bad, they went from giving him 18 carries to cutting him the next day. But in this matchup specifically, Russell Wilson has developed into a star ever since Jimmy Graham went down. I mean, just not that he was, you know, he's a borderline star as far as wins, but it's like 17 touchdowns and no turnovers over his last four games or something crazy. But um, Doug Baldwin, who would have seen that coming? I'm still going to take the points here and hold my nose. 
All right, I'm taking Cleveland. Seattle does blow people out. I mean, Seattle runs it up. I don't know. I just think Manziel's going to show up. It's my same theory with, with Mariota. I think that I don't like Lane more than 14 points against a, a – they have to be a doormat quarterback, and I agree with you. Manziel can put up some points. Right. I mean, I think he'll score like 13 there, and then Seattle will win like you know 23 to 13, and it'll be easy, but it will, it'll be ugly. Like they're, the running game won't get really get going. They'll throw some passes. They'll try to run it a little bit more because Cleveland's run D is bad. They'll get some success. They'll have just enough success running it to uh, not cover. So, um, I'll, okay, so we're split on that. How about Green Bay minus three? At no, we're not split on that. I, I said I'd take the points. Oh, you're taking Cleveland. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you – no, you said you're going to – oh, I thought you were taking the uh, – okay, fine. No, it's the same theory as Tennessee. I don't like Lane that many. Okay, all right. All right. Doormat, unless it's a doormat quarterback, and I agree with you, Manziel will be able to put up – he okay. won't get shut out. This isn't when they faced Jimmy Clausen earlier in the right. year. You know? And I, I think Manziel, you know, Mariota looks very good too. But I think Manziel is like that. I, I actually think he's like Mariota. He looks like that to me when I watch him play. Um, okay, Green Bay minus three at Oakland. I think I know who I like here, but go ahead. I just keep getting the Raiders uh, wrong typically, although I did actually have them last week. But I kind of really like Oakland, who plays better at home. And this Green Bay team still, that wasn't that impressive against Denver. It's nice to see Eddie Lacy get going, but there's something fundamentally wrong with his passing attack. Uh, I think the Raiders will be able to move the ball. Um, I, I like Oakland. Me too, definitely. Uh, I think Green Bay is a bit of a fraud. They won on that Hail Mary, which is total garbage. And then this last week, Dallas, that was actually a close game in the fourth quarter. They pulled away at the very end, but and Mike McCarthy's so stupid. I, that guy drives me nuts. He's like, if it weren't, for, he's one of the underrated worst coaches in the NFL. Well, and he's getting credit for their turnaround by retaking play calling duties too. I know the play calling was terrible. It was just they were facing a terrible team, and eventually Eddie Lacy, who we you know was trying to put in the doghouse, carried the team on his back. And you know, literally, he was carrying like five Cowboys on his back. The passing game still didn't get going. I would consider this in super okay. contest. Yeah, definitely Oakland. Um, all right. And then Miami plus one and a half at San Diego. Ah, who cares? Um, I guess root for Lamar this, Miller. This is, this is a bum fight. This is two yes. uh, terrible teams. Give, give me the charters because I can't imagine anyone taking them. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Lamar Miller should go crazy in this, but God, Dan Campbell is worse than Joe Philbin. I have to say it. Like, <laughs> just, why can't you just give Lamar? Okay, so here's what I want to talk about the Giants. The Giants, Eli had 10.7, 10.3, 10.7 yards per attempt, 10.9 yards per attempt. 30, he was 27 to 31. Yet they ran the ball 29 times at an average of 3.3 yards per carry, and they barely won the game. The opposite of the Dolphins. The Dolphins, Ryan Tan was getting 5.8 yards per attempt. They threw it 41 times. They threw it 10 more times, or 43 times, 12 more times than the Giants. And Lamar Miller, who was getting 7.7 yards per carry, got 12 carries, even though he had two touchdowns. On seven yeah, he would have gotten more yards per carry if he didn't keep you know, reaching that, that end zone. That end zone, right. <laughs> I mean, what are these people doing? Like, what are these I – mean, who are these people running these teams? I almost can't deal with – I want to, like, you know how Matthew Berry stopped covering baseball and just did football? I almost want to do the opposite, and it's not because I don't like football or fantasy football or whatever – it's because I can't take the coaching stupidity anymore. I just can't take it. How can you watch a game where the people in charge are constantly just randomizing the game through stupidity, where the game has this, an obvious flow, an obvious optimal strategy for each team? Sometimes it's not obvious, but in some, you know, but like it was totally obvious last night, and both coaches just decided not to do it. I don't. How can you? It's just hard for me to take. It's hard for me to to invest myself in these games when this kind of thing happens. 
Yeah, and no, I mean, Miller, zero targets as well. And he used to be pretty good earlier in the season as a receiver. The first, Just the second time in his career, the, the one game before, he was given 20 carries in a game. Exactly 20, by the way. Never more in his entire career. And he produced 113 rushing yards against Baltimore. A good run D. So, and then he goes off in the first half. That's why I was worried when we traded for him today that, like, is there news of an injury? I actually looked really deep into it. And he says he was seen getting his ankle wrapped, but he says nope and nothing to do with an injury why he didn't see the field much. So it is infuriating, and let's hope that that's a perfect storm for our League of League teams that all the media kill them and they just force feet in the rock this, right, this weekend because right. that's, that's entirely possible. And they are the kind of spineless team that will, like, respond to the media and try to you know, do the other thing. Right. The other thing that's so stupid is they had, like, 42 passes and only five went to Devontae Parker. Like, their only yeah. reason to play the rest of this Jarvis season. Jarvis Landry has to be historically inefficient this year, right? I mean, 18 targets and got less, fewer than 100 yards. Yeah, and, and it's not just that, right? It's that that's his thing. Like, he's a possession receiver. He has no speed. You see him on a kickoff. He makes a nice move, bursts through, and he gets tackled because he's just not fast. He's not fast, and he's small. So he's a good little possession receiver, you know, if you have a real attacking receiver, which they do, and they spend a very high first-round draft pick on it. But they don't seem to think they need to get him the ball. I mean, you got four. You know, I got three games left in your season. The only reason to play these three games is to get Devontae Parker reps, get him comfortable, so he breaks out next year. But they don't think that's important. Apparently, they're just force feeding Jarvis Landry for no reason. It's, it's mind boggling how bad they are. And it's so funny because the whole pregame hype of Jarvis Landry versus Beckham and how they're you know teammates and good friends and how they've like caught all these balls and it's like. That is, that is no comparison. Those guys aren't even even close to the same. You know, that's that's like. Well, they're they're almost opposites. Right. It's like Odell Beckham is like the best receiver in the NFL. Jarvis Landry is just some like competent possession receiver. He's like yeah, a poor, well, he's a I mean, poor man's wing. Giants. I mean, the coaching benefit of your Giants, but at the same time, you're saying you have to deal with it yourself on the other spectrum as far as running running the ball. It benefited, but the Giants were benefiting the Dolphins. The Dolphins were benefiting the Giants. It was just it just makes the game so unenjoyable when you're not seeing the best players put in positions to play. It's just, you know, whatever. It's just, it just gives, it just, it just frustrates me. It's, it's very hard. Anyway, I'll move on. I'll, I'll get over it. Um, we got uh, Denver laying, uh, Denver getting six. This is so funny. Denver is like 10 and three and they're getting six at Pittsburgh. This is how little respect Denver has. And I know what side I like. Well, not only that, in Cincinnati last week, Pittsburgh was getting less than a field goal. I mean, Vegas, Vegas treated them like the better team. And, and I, I'm, as someone who uh, I keep repeating it, and, I, and I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I will continue to do so, I have them at 25-1 to 1 in a very decently sized bet. So they're my favorite team, and I loved last week, although you know it sucked Andy Dalton getting hurt. I mean, I don't want to see that, especially if it affects them in the postseason. But now at home against this Denver team, I love the respect that Vegas is giving them, but this is still a bit odd, and I would expect it to be a three-point spread, so I'll take the points. And I hope I'm wrong, but I'll take Denver here. I'm laying the one. Denver sucks. Osweiler really? sucks. Yeah, come on. I don't think Denver's D is – Denver's D is good. Pretty good. But I don't think they're good enough to hold this offense down, and, and Denver's offense is terrible. I think Pittsburgh's D may score a touch. The only thing I was a little nervous about us trading for New England's D – is that I think Pittsburgh's D may be the start here. I know, because Denver tries to run, and Pittsburgh really can stop the run, but their secondary is pretty shaky. I hear you. I hear you. It's, it's, I, Pittsburgh's not a bad defensive. Don't be afraid to use Pittsburgh. Start. I mean, New England's safer, for sure. I think they're safer. But I think Pittsburgh is a, is a good play on defense. I agree. Anyway, I'm, I'm laying the wood. Denver sucks. Um, okay. Right. 
I'm probably just thinking that because, you know, I just, I'm just pessimistic, you know, hedging. I'm hedging. And Pittsburgh's my... not in the playoffs if the playoffs were to start today. And the thing is, the, Jet, the Jets and the uh, Chiefs have an easy game this week. So I don't know. I don't know what their last two games are like, but Pittsburgh's pretty much got to win out. Yes, Pittsburgh's next two games are uh, at Baltimore and at Cleveland. Okay, so that's pretty easy. So they just need one of those teams, the Jets. I mean, they got to win those games, obviously, but they just right. need the Jets to, to blow on. Or, uh, yeah, it's funny that they say that they're, I mean, that, that they're currently out of the playoffs, but they control their own destiny. I don't know how that works. So whatever, whatever the next three games helps their tiebreakers, whatever yeah, that maybe is. Maybe the Jets play Kansas City. Who knows what happens? Um, okay, so I'm taking Pittsburgh. You're taking Denver. And then finally, Cincy is laying four and a half. At San Francisco, I think I know who I like there. So I was planning on going to this game. I can't. I never go to day games because I like to watch the games and I write a, a big column that day. But I was gonna originally gonna go to this game, uh, but it was flexed out. This was a this was supposed to be the Sunday night game, but the Niners were so bad that they moved it out from prime time. And uh, certainly can't say I, I blame them. McCarron looked okay, I guess, in relief, but the Niners play much better defense at home. Um, that's, I, I'm one, one thing I'm glad about is hopefully people aren't getting sold. I, the decision-making in San Francisco, who knows? I won't put anything beyond them. But let's hope that they – there was a brief moment there I was worried that they thought playing Gabbert was the future. But I, I hope that ship has sailed. He is the future backup quarterback for the There Rangers. you go. There you go. But um, I, I'll actually take the home dog at four and a half points. I'm going to take San Francisco. I, I would too. I, I think, you know, without – I think they're going to try to run it in Cincinnati more. They're Ugly it up. Uh, San Francisco is tougher at home, and I think after San Francisco got worked by the Browns, which is just so embarrassing, um, I think the value is going to be with them. So I'm taking them too. All right, let's go to the Sunday night flex game. It's Arizona uh, minus three and a half at Philly. You go first. You know who I'm taking. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you actually. Um, uh, Air, Philly's given up a ton of fantasy points to opposing wide receivers and all that, and Carson Palmer and Michael Floyd may go crazy, and I even like David Johnson. But for some reason, I don't know, this divisional game – I could see Philly keeping this within a field goal. So I'm, I'm taking the home dog. What do you mean divisional game? I'm sorry, not a divisional game, a conference game. <laughs> they I, used I, to be in I, this I, division a long I time ago. I probably know that the, they're, in the, they're in different divisions. My, my fault. Yeah, but I mean, they used to be in the, the St. Louis Cardinals used to be in, uh, I think Arizona was in the, the NFC East for a while. I think. think yeah. Still uh, in the NFC East when they were in Arizona, which is just weird. I, I, I might be mistaken about that. but Well, I you should probably not follow my advice on this game if I think these two play in the same division. Right. I was like, I don't think it's a divisional game. Last <laughs> I checked. Um, that's how you know when someone's an imposter, not a real sports fan, if they say so. Oh, yeah. You know, if, like, everyone knows the divisions. If you follow sports, you know the divisions, <laughs> except you, apparently. All right. So, I don't know. Uh, I, I might take Philly. I, I'm, I'm actually on the fence. I, I, I've been taking Philly, like, every week. And last week it worked. You know, Arizona was just so unimpressive last week. I mean, maybe it was a Thursday game or something, but they really didn't show up for that. If Minnesota should have won. This is in Philly. It's going to be cold probably. Who knows what the wind will be like. Arizona's much better at home. Philly's got the division on the line. It's three and a half. I think Philly's going to lose by three. I think I'm going to take Philly. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. All right. All right. And then finally, the Monday night game. This is, has no value in real life, but in fantasy, this is going to be a huge game. DFS, yeah. millions of dollars changing hands. This is going to be such a big game, deciding semifinal matchups in the fantasy playoffs. Man, you know, New Orleans D isn't quite as bad now that Rob Ryan's been canned, but it's still bad. Um, they're home. Uh, I think I know who I like here, but I'll, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I mentioned we have a big running back matchup in our League of Leagues on Thursday night, and this one I believe we're facing – um, Hightower, sorry, not running back, and we have Calvin. So in both the prime times to start the week and to end it, it could be 
could be pretty important for us. Um, give me the Lions. I know that the Saints are typically better at home, but the Lions, I mean, that was just kind of BS that they're, they're, they're lost to Green Bay. They totally outplayed them. I still think they're playing better. I know St. Louis game wasn't very impressive, but I don't trust um, either of these teams, frankly. But so, so give me the three points. Yeah, I was leaning New Orleans. I, I think Breeze is going to carve them up. Um, I, you know, I know Darius Slay had been playing well, but New Orleans doesn't have that number one that you can just kind of take out. And I don't think Darius Slay is that good anyway. I kind of feel like New Orleans is going to win this game. I think. I think Detroit. I think they're. I think they're done. I think they had their little midseason run. I think the the that hail mary killed them. Like it just killed their spirit. And they lost. Then they you know laid an egg in St. Louis. Got to go to New Orleans. Yeah, I never like backing Jim Caldwell and Jim three Caldwell. Points. I mean, three, it did three. surprise. Like you know they they had their little run. I, I don't know. I'm not big on it, but I probably take the Saints. Three points means less than a 51 point over under too. So I I, I don't feel strongly about this one, but I, I'm leaning toward Detroit. Okay, let's, so re- let's review and get our five. Um, all right, I'll throw them out the record. I kind of like the Jets on Saturday night. Fine, I'm willing to do it. Okay, Giants? Um, I like the Giants, yes. And Raiders. Those are three I marked for sure. Raiders for sure. Okay, so I, I really like Green Bay last week against Dallas at home, and now it's time to sell them. So those three. Um, yeah, we use Packers in Super Contest. Yeah, we used them. I know. It was, yeah. it was, a, it was a good play. Um, I'm looking at the rest of these. I don't feel that strongly about any of the other. We have three, right? So Jacksonville, Fade, Atlanta again. I, I don't know if that's the sharp side. It's definitely not the sharp side, but it might it might be the right side. I'm willing to do it. Screw Atlanta. I mean, they sometimes you just keep going with it until they price it. Until they say, see, they could say, okay, Atlanta plus five, you know, six at Jacksonville, and then you know, wow, okay, now they're pricing you to take. You know, now you know you could say like now they're really pricing it. Now it's like ridiculous. I got to take Atlanta, but they're not doing that. They're just saying yards per play, just getting three. And I feel like yeah. they keep saying that. And why, you know, until they give them, until they say, you know what, this team's not as good as its yards per play number. I don't see why we wouldn't take them, wouldn't fade them. Okay, let's do it. Even though a couple weeks ago I made fun of you for laying four and a half, I guess this is still only three with Jacksonville. I don't feel good about this. Don't get me wrong. I don't feel it doesn't feel good to me. All right, let's do and it. So I, one more. I, I kind of like want... Cleveland. I, I kind of like Cleveland. You kind of like Cleveland. I was gonna. I was gonna actually suggest either my Niners or you talk me into Pittsburgh. You but know, um, do not. You know, let's, let's scrap Jacksonville. I don't feel good about it. Let, let's do Cleveland and the Niners. Cleveland and the Niners. Okay. We're doing Cleveland and the Niners this week. Right. Right. It doesn't get uglier. That's that's really ugly. I'm right. guessing you're not among the, the highest used teams this week. No, but you know what? We don't care. We we have no fear. Well, if anything, we actually should do that. We should try to fade, you know, totally fade. It's our only we... path to cashing is, like, they get <laughs> right. the ones that nobody likes. Right, exactly. All right, we don't even know what the stand Are we even over 500 again now that we went 4-1? and one? Oh, yeah, I believe 4-1 and one got us over 500, yeah. All right, yeah. so, I mean, if we go, you know, 15-0, I think, well, we'll see. We might cash. Yeah. All right, man, thanks for doing it. All right, all right, congratulations again. Uh, I hate you. They're going to kill the love of my life Daisy! if I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. 
Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13.